Today is Monday, March 13th, and folks, the NCAA tournament is here. It is here, and you can't do nothing about it. This is March. Except some of us are um, not feeling so hot. <laughs> I feel pretty sad. Uh, pretty pathetic, we might say. Meaning the Vols and the Cats both go out pretty early in the SEC tournament. And sadly, the Alabama Crimson Tide takes it. Even though they had already won the regular season title as well. Alabama handles Texas A&M in the championship game. Bobby Hoops and Big Papa breakdown. A little bit of the SEC tournament. They talk more about the Vols and the Cats, how they truly feel post those games, how we feel about going in the NCAA tournament. And then we spend a lot of time doing some mailbag questions. Shout out to you all, the fellow and loyal listeners, for sending in questions. That's why we love you guys. This is why we do it. We do it for you and somewhat us, just because we love ball, baby. So, yeah, we spend time doing that. We give a smidge of a preview. We just dabble on NCAA tournament. And then we're going to poke around and talk about a little bit of, like, basketball 101. Or we may just wait for the next episode. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, man. We'll just get to it. Hey, presenting sponsor for today's episode is our good friends at Realty Executives. I'm not, I'm not going to sit and try to convince you to work with the number one real estate company in East Tennessee. I'm not going to try to convince you to work with a company who sold over $40 billion. Was it 40? I don't know. Maybe it was four. Who's to say? Just some big number. That, Quite frankly, working with realty executives is in your best interest when it comes to buying or selling real estate in 2023, despite what is going on with interest rates with any of that in our global market, any of that stuff, call Rob Logan or Austin White today. They'll help you get to the finish line. They'll make you feel like the hero. That's all it deserves. That's what you deserve at the end of the day. Feel like the hero. You accomplish it, sell or buy a house with those guys. Folks, let's ride, baby. What is up, gang? This is your big pop and Bobby Hoops. Uh, March. It's March. It's March. I mean, we've been saying it, but right now is the epitome of March. We're conference championships done. People have punched their tickets. Uh, the NCAA tournament's already been announced. Brackets are out. People are already firing. Who knows how many brackets that, you know, they're not going to win on any of them, whether they fill out one or 50. You are, you are not going to win. Possibilities are endless right now. Uh, I, my favorite's always the you do your one that you're like being serious, and then the yeah. other one's the like, all right, I'm gonna make one up that makes zero sense. Whether mm-hmm. it's all upsets, uh, I go by what's the the best um, mascot name? Who would win? Oh, in yeah, the yeah. Famously, uh, Tony Kornheiser of Pardon the Interruption, when he was still writing for the Washington Post every year. He would have a full page that was his bracket, and then on the backside was his mom's bracket. And his mom would only pick – she'd pick based on, like, oh, I had a nice vacation to Bloomington, Indiana one time, so that's why I'm picking India or I, Indiana. Or that I like that that team's color better, so I'm picking them. And, like, half the time she would beat him. She would do better. Just 
going off that. So no one knows anything. No one knows, baby. But that this is March. That's that's hey, why. It's starting off the episode real quick, we uh, wanted to recap our dogs of the week from last week. I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, my dog of the week was me. Just like, oh really? Deal with Can it. You do that? Yeah. Our show, our rules. So uh, yeah, it was my birthday last Friday. That's why I'm the dog. So I could also give a co-dog shout out to our boy uh, Jeffrey Mason. His birthday was yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Just turned thirty. Shout out to arguably the most loyal listener of the show, which yeah. we're, we've talked. He's up there with your dad. So yeah, the, those are the two at least that give us the most. They've given the most engagement so far. Sure. And that's not to say our other loyal listeners haven't. No, they they matter. They matter a lot too. Just so, uh, yeah. Shout out, shout out to me for being yeah, thirty one, hungry and humble. Yeah, Uh, that you sound that's deserving of of dog of the week. Uh, My dog of the week is um, I mentioned Owen last week from uh my little civic league team. Uh, that Thomas Cox and I coached together. Um, our team, the All Stars, as they, I think we were just given a name, so we were the All Stars. Yeah. But um, we uh, had two big games in the playoffs on Saturday. Had a had a thrilling semifinal game. Only had five players. Came from behind in the last couple minutes with with a nice like big three. Stole the inbounds pass. Another three, six-point swing to give us the – it was a big emotional win. And in our championship game uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, our guys – I mean, we were down We were down to four men. We had to have our special special shout dog of the week, uh, Ben George. He's our manager slash coach slash whatever. Ben had to get in there and play. We had multiple guys down with cramps. Because I'm sure they didn't drink any water or stretch or anything that day. Um, we we lost a tight one. We lost in the championship with like four and a half players. Um, but you know, as much as you can give it your all in a rec basketball game, they did. Um, so uh, dogs of the week go to the all stars. They're a bunch of seniors about to graduate, so that's going to be it for us with them. But it was an honor to coach them, quote unquote. Um, so, yeah. Man, honor. Tip of the cap to you and T for running. Yep. Uh, salute to you, Ben, for. Yeah, Ben George. You took it away. You basically pulled a Jackie Moon on your yeah. civic way to go. Also, not so much of a shout out, a, a rumor. A rumor there was a player for the All Stars who had played in the first game, but was like, eh. I won't play the second one. And then sat in the stands and was there physically at the arena watching the game. He could have come down and played. I'm not naming names. This was just scuttlebutt. Yeah, I was kind of, I was going to let that slide in my little thing there that you chose to bring up. So thank you for that. Yeah. Caden Black, you know, good, good kid, good kid. We love Caden. He's a heck of a baseball player for Oak Ridge um, high school. Um, He's got his senior year starting actually today, um, the day of our Lord, March 13th. Um, so he wanted to take it easy and not risk injury, which I can understand. Yeah, that's all I'll say about that. That's all I'll say about that. 
That's all. That's all Bobby Hoops will say. Yeah. Hey, so we're going to get quickly into um, we pretty much got two segments for today's show. Uh, the first one is quickly recapping the SEC tournament. Um, Bobby Hoops and I were both saying not really anything big that stuck out. It kind of went about the way it should have it's gone. Pretty much chalk. No big surprises. Pretty much outside of one game. It would have been purely chalk. And yeah. then uh, second segment, we're going to talk some little preview of the NCAA tournament. And then we had quite a bit of mailback questions. And we're going to dabble on a – here's some basketball 101. If you've just, like, always wanted to know, what do I need to be looking for? What does it mean outside of just, oh, I know the ball's supposed to go in the net as many times as possible? We'll talk about it a little bit. All right, so SEC tournament recap. Alabama won the championship, beat Texas A&M pretty handedly. It was not the same – as it was in College Station to end the regular season, yeah. uh, probably fair to say. I, I mean, I think we know at least in college basketball, it's one of the few. Um, when we say home court advantage, like you, you kind of get it in basketball. Yeah. So, AM played better that day. It's not like you take any away from them, but yeah, I think the score was a little more lopsided than it actually was. But Bam is just uh, neutral court. You're rolling, Brandon Miller. Yeah. You know, when, you know, they've shown a few times this season that they are definitely not unbeatable and can have games where they stumble and trip and stuff. But when everything's rolling for Bama, the roll tide, you know, they, there you go. They, they're pretty – they are arguably deserving of the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. So, yep. yeah. RDT, as they say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if Houston won their game against Memphis, I think Houston yeah. kept it. But I agree. I mean, in the grand scheme of the NCAA tournament, if you're a one seed, you're a one seed, you get yeah. in those are the easiest paths. The overall one, I guess, is supposed to be the like easiest of all. Um, but I mean, if you're a one seed, you're a one seed. Like it doesn't yeah. matter at that point. So um the other games. I mean, again, nothing really stuck out. Um, I'm trying to think. A&M played. Uh, A&M and Arkansas had a pretty decent game on Friday. That was a good one. Um, Vols and Missouri, like, it was a good game. I mean, I'm not going to, like, sit here and act like it wasn't. <sighs> and then the Cats lose to Vandy again in a 10-day span, which I was like, It, I I was up at 1.30 in the morning just, like, considering putting my fist through some drywall. Like, is it worth it? I mean, I'm I'm 31. It's my birthday. I waited all day for this. March, baby. Oh, man. Just sadness. This, this is March. March. This is March. Elation and, so, and, and putting your fist through some drywall. That's, that's March. It, baby. Or forehead. Yeah. Shout out to you, Bill. Um. Uh, Okay, your overall quick thoughts just from – I mean, you can dabble on the Tennessee-Missouri game as much as you want, but, like, what's – I guess what's your takeaway from that game going into the NCAA tournament? Uh, oh, I mean, I I feel – one, I, I, think, I think Missouri is better 
than than Tennessee. Um, I, you know, much as as much as it sucks for the bit to uh, say that, um, they there is nothing that that you know we are constantly you know heralded as like this amazing top defense, and we absolutely had um, no answers for uh, Kobe Brown and uh, I think it's is it Des Moines Hodge. I don't want to, I'm going to say his name wrong, I think so. um, but you know, the two of them combined for 40 on us or no, sorry, 50. Um, and I, I was saying during the game, I don't know why Missouri didn't just give it to Kobe Brown every single time down because our big men just nobody. I mean, we tried a do on them. We tried um, Kamwa. We tried uh, Josiah James. No, nobody. It was either, if they were, you know, uh, Tobey Awaka is probably strong enough to keep up with Kobe Kobe Brown, but nobody had the speed or and the strength that he has to slow him down, and and he just gave us trouble all night. Um, and and I think what what it's looking like this is going to come down to for Tennessee this season is, uh, if Josiah Jordan James plays well, the I mean, he he missed a lot of basketball games this year, but statistically, if he if he scores like about fifteen ish points around there, we probably are going to win. And he was one of seven in this game for three points. Um, only played twenty two minutes. He was in a bit of foul trouble. He was a flat out nothing for us. Um, and that was just really disappointing and frustrating. I mean. Once again, I think I said this um, uh, in the Auburn game last week, but like Tyreek Key, come on, buddy. He 16 points, couple big threes in 27 minutes. Like that's who, those are the guys we, between Key and Mayshack, have stepped up so much in the last couple weeks with uh, Ziegler going down and, you know, James and Phillips being kind of injured and in and out of the lineup and, those guys are doing what has been asked of them as of late. And it's really, it's, it's to me, we're going to go as far as Julian Phillips and Josiah Jordan James. If, if they play to their ceiling um, or to, to their potential, we're a really good team. You know, I, I don't know if we're a final four team. I don't feel like that anymore. Um, but I, I could, I could see a sweet 16 ish, level run um i mean i know they have talent to beat anybody i've seen that we've we have five or sorry three top five wins this year so i know they can beat anybody um but lately you just don't have a lot of confidence with it and it it just seems like vescovy he's gonna he's gonna get his you know between 13 to 18 um have at least three to five big three-pointers um and and you know a couple of these other guys are are, are kind of stepping up, but we just need Phillips and and Josiah to just be more aggressive, get to the hoop. Um, I don't know. Watching both of them in that game against Missouri, they both just seemed. I don't know. I didn't see any like really want it from them. Uh, I saw two guys that were kind of okay to fade away and let other guys try to you know 
win the game for us. And, and we're just, that's just not going to work. And especially against teams with, with star players like Kobe Brown, you know, we need, we need dudes that are going to step up and try to match him. And those are the two guys who physically can do that. Um, so kudos to Missouri. They, um, they're they're playing well. I think I think I've decided that for the NCAA tournament, I'm gonna I'm going to be picking Missouri because picking against them is not working. They keep winning, so I'm going to be picking Missouri to Whoa. go far. And so then I'm you know then I'm either right and I look smart, sure. or they lose and I get to throw a party. Yeah, reverse so, one might. So that I guess that's what I'm gonna have to do from here um, on out. I don't blame you. I'm going to go the opposite. It's okay. Same story. Dig your heels in. Like, I'm, that's the sword I will fall on. Um, there's your Vols recap. I totally agree with what you said. I think Julian Phillips might be the – him and, at least from me, like a triple J. It's like, you guys are it. You got to help carry him. With Zikai. I mean, Josiah is a senior – I mean, I know he has one more year of eligibility, but it seems by all accounts that he's probably not coming back. Like, man, like, end your career, like, I mean, he came in as a five-star, and he's been, I think, a, a really good guy, good player, has had his kind of ups and downs, but it just seems like his whole the four years he's been here has been, you know, what Josiah are we going to get tonight? Because he has the ability to, you know, pour in 20 points and, get eight rebounds and five, six assists or just no show. So sure. I just, I hope for him that this last few games in orange, he's, you know, golly, just let's, let's go, buddy. Let's see. You, you know, you can do it. So do it. Um, Cats lose to Vanderbilt 80, 73. Like I said, lose twice in a span of 10 days. Uh, same story. Rinse and repeat. Vandy decides to go small ball. They're without their best player, and Cats can't can't figure it out. And I don't understand. I don't. It just like everything once again reared its ugly head of the warts that were always there, and you were able to like cover them up for a hot second. Like somehow you cover them up when you go to Arkansas and win without a point guard, and everybody, including me, are like, "I'm in, baby." Like we're we're so back. It's yeah, it's not even funny. And then the same thing happens that happened at Rupp. And, you know, Cal makes this comment. Well, I'm not watching tape because I've been watching a little house on the prairie. And I'm like, dude, stop. Like, don't, don't even make those comments. Like, I know you think you're being, but then it just doesn't like it. I think what I'm, I've gotten to the point where like, I can't listen to his postgame stuff. I would say I listen to pregame, but he doesn't do pregame anymore for whatever reason. Who knows why? Um, even though it's literally part of his like media obligation to do that, so he just doesn't do it. Um, but I can't listen to him. I can't. And I, I love Cal, but I, I, we're all at this point where I'm like, I, I don't know like if you're telling the truth. Like you've literally written a book where you said I lie about injuries, which I've said here is fine. Like I don't need to know a 19-year-old's personal information. It's none of my business. That's fine. But then when it becomes like conflicting stuff and he says on there like, well, you know, Toppin didn't practice for three days and Jacob gets asked about it. 
And it's like, he's sitting there like, what injury? <laughs> and he got cleared up. But I'm like, it's like, quit. When you leave everything up for interpretation and in empty space, it's going to get filled with conspiracy theories and things that are untrue. And usually those things that are untrue are not kind and they're a little bit malicious. So I just would rather you be like, yeah, he, you know, he didn't play because he had a, a hamstring injury, which they would be like, okay, makes sense. Or didn't practice. Yeah. yeah. So, so all I have to say is he, he did that stuff in post game. I just turned it off. Uh, but the cats, you know, if you told me they would out rebound Vanderbilt, like they did the first time um, 43 to 26, I would feel pretty good, but guess what? The Cats shot six of 25 from three. Vanderbilt went 10 for 25. Um, their starting point guard, who is a transfer from UC Davis, I think. His name's Ezra Mignon. I think it's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, classic, uh, you know, it was like four of 27 from – he was either three or free throws. And then, of course, goes off for um, – uh, how many points did he have in that game? He 25. went up 25 points. Um, you know, Jordan Wright, he had his 18. Uh, Tyron Lawrence. Cat killer, Jordan Wright. He also had 18. So, it's just like you did nothing to change up your approach with the small ball stuff. It was literally yeah, – I mean, you look at – I mean, Toppin and Shigwe both came out for one minute each. And I know you, I mean, it's hard to take Oscar off the floor, but like. Yeah, which is like, what are you supposed to do when he, you know, of the 40, what did I say, 43 team rebounds, he had 15 of them. And it's like, you can't take them out. Yeah. Outside of giving him a break. So I I just, my overall thing is, like I said, the old wart showed up and proves once again, this could be a St. Peter's all over again. Or Surely not. Yeah. Surely not, yes, but I'm also like, what? But the, the, the thing about them, if there's been one consistent thing, is like anytime you think they're dead in the water, they then go win a game that you're like, never saw that coming. They win in Knoxville. They yeah. win at Arkansas. They pummel Arbor. So all those things, yeah. I think that's just what leaves it up to like, I don't know. Hope y'all show up and just – give it a rip um so that's my overall thing i'll probably dive more into the next episode when we focus more on the tournament yeah um so that's our takeaways from the sec tournament unless you had any other thoughts i didn't personally so no not really freaking alabama whatever uh, yeah whatever all right ncaa tournament we're here, baby. Games start tomorrow night and Wednesday for the playing games. And then uh, shout out to our teams. They're in the same region in the East, baby. Uh, Tennessee gets a four seed. Mm -hmm. And the Cats get a six seed. Tennessee plays Louisiana. Um, Kentucky gets Providence. So we'll it's be a big game. I'll be. I'll Talk be about it sweating yeah you want to talk about the storyline of, of how bryce hopkins gets zero pt uh last year when they lost to saint peter's and guess what he was like 
top three in Big East player of the year. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, for those that don't know, Providence's best player, Bryce Hopkins, was a Kentucky Wildcat last year and didn't really play at all. And now he's Big East player of the year in for Providence. And they happen to meet in the first round. How fun. How funny is that? Yeah. Yeah, he – I think he should have won. Apparently a dude from uh, Marquette won. But the, the point That's is – That's right, yeah. Bryce, yeah. Bryce averages 16 and 8 a game. So – Kentucky could have used that this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, but whatever. Just send another dude away, Cal. And they go flourish somewhere else. Classic. Um, so on the next episode, like I said, we'll focus more on the games and maybe do a live bracket. Um, but for now, we actually had quite a bit of mailbag questions. So we're going to kick through those real quick. Um, the first mailbag question we'll do, which was Jeff had sent in a question saying, uh, if you had to pick, where is that? Uh, what was it? He said something about if you had one superpower or like one ability that you could always do, like what what would you pick? And his was like being able to do a 360 dunk or a windmill or something. Um, oh, yeah. It was something like uh, three, if you had the ability on site to like windmill dunk or like hit a 400-foot homer. Yeah, just some athletic feat. Yeah. That you could do on the spot. What would, yeah. what would you do? I mean, I know if it's if it's between those two, a, a sick windmill dunk on a, and we're talking ten foot rim, right? Because I could, I could, I could windmill on a on like a seven foot hoop right now. I've got slippers on, and I could do that. Um, but windmill on like a ten foot hoop or hit a four hundred foot home run. I know it's a basketball podcast, but home run easy because. Chicks dig the long ball. Sure. So if I uh, can step up to the plate and hit a 400-foot homer, I'm picking that one. Easy. Easy. Flash the guns after that. Hey, mine, I thought about it, and I went back and forth between different two different sports, but mine's going to be golf, uh, which is if I could step up and sink any putt from any distance. Yeah. That would be mine. Just yeah, doesn't matter if it's a – slippery five foot to get a birdie or if I got a safe par from 50 feet, but knowing 99% <laughs> chance it's going in. That's it. it which, which, Oh, that'd make golf so much more easy. If you'd be able to do yeah. at that point, you don't have to be great at driving. You're just like, I just need to get on the green yeah, within two or three shots and know if I get it, yeah. I have a chance and I'm going to make the putt. There you go. That would be mine. Uh, another question by Jeff. This was more Kentucky-related. He said, Cal's been under the microscope for more – sorry, more than ever this year at Kentucky. Where does this team have to get to folks up north to get off his back coming into next year, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, so on? Um, my quick answer is I think they have to get to at least the Sweet 16. If they don't – get into the second weekend. I actually had said this comment. Get out your pitchforks. I said this comment. If they don't even get 
like the thought of them losing in the first game again, but to Providence about Bryce, all these things, if they lose, I might just have to like delete all any ability to see media through the summer because like it's going to be horrific. Big Blue Nation. Oh, I don't even want to think Burn about it. Down. This has, uh, been the most like one game at a time season I can remember in some recent years. Um, there was one more question. We're we're getting close to having a wrap. It was a, wasn't it about uh, Rick Barnes's um, tenure at Tennessee and how? Yes. He uh, let me see. I've got it here. I think this might just be the Jeff Mason um, podcast because I think all our questions are from Jeff. We did, we did have one from T, but he had like. Three questions in one. We'll say that. Is there about the tournament? Yeah. His, his, we'll say that for the next episode. Let's see. Where was Jeff's question? I I know something about, um, kind of like he has in the, in Tennessee's history, at one point they'd only been to consistently to the tournament like five times. Here it is. I'd love for you to discuss. This is the fourth time Barnes has had a top four seat in the big dance at UT and before him. We've only been a top four seed five times in program history. Thoughts? Um, I feel like the, when you talk about the numbers and Rick Barnes, it depending on what you're talking about with in in what those numbers are going towards. If we're talking about the regular season, oh man, I mean he when when Rick Barnes got here, this team was in the in the dumpster. I mean it was bad. I mean. For those that remember, I mean, the the Conzo years save his one Sweet 16 run, and then the Donnie Tyndall year, oh, it was bad. It was, oh, man, those teams were hard to watch. I remember going to some of those in Thompson Bowling, and, I mean, it was it was quiet, and, and uh-huh. it wasn't fun. And Barnes has showed up, and he has revived this program, and, you know, we are now a perennial top, 20 ish team every year and his all the success that Tennessee has had in the regular season in like the past you know five ish years has consistently set us up with favorable seeds um in the postseason um and and I think Barnes is should be um commended for that um his job is to win basketball games and he's won a lot of basketball games here Um, where the numbers then flip on him is uh, he's yet to really take this, any of these teams anywhere super deep. And I'll always look at the 2019 team and, and think that, you know, maybe one or two shots go differently in that Purdue game in the sweet 16. I mean, Tennessee was a final four team that year, um, but they didn't, they didn't go our way. And since then, I mean, the, the, when you look at the NCAA tournament, like coaching statistics, they are not good for Rick Barnes at, at Tennessee or, or really, if you go back further to Texas, I mean, the, the most glaring one that I have here is that, um, Rick Barnes uh, is one in 11 all time against higher seeded teams in the NCAA tournament. The only time he's ever beaten a team 
with a higher seed than whatever team he was coaching was when Texas went to the final four in 2003. Um, all, all of our NCAA tournament runs, uh, talk, just talking about Tennessee, all of our runs with Rick Barnes, we've lost to lower seeded teams than us. Um, a few of those were to double digit, you know, seeds, the, you know, the Loyola Chicago's Michigan last year where they were an 11 seed and we were a three and, um, you know, even the year before that Oregon state, they were, um, you know, I think they were a 13 um, and we were a five. So, I mean, that's, that's where the numbers turn on them. And, and so I, I think I think both things can be true. We should be thankful and appreciative of Barnes, you know, resuscitating this program that was in the dumps to, you know, have a program, especially uh, at least a couple times in the last five, six years, that's a top 10 team. Um, but man, you'd think with that, we would have more to show for it in the NCAA tournament. Um, uh Let's see. There are a few other stats there within in seven previous trips as a top four seed in the modern era. The Vols have never advanced past the Sweet 16. Um, when we went to the Elite Eight in 2010, we were a five seed. Um, only one of Rick Barnes's 25 career NCAA tournament victories have come against a higher seed. His one and 11 mark against higher seeded teams is the worst among coaches with at least 10 NCAA tournament games versus higher seeds. Um, you know, the last few years we've had really highly, um, you know, highly thought of teams expected to make deep runs. I think our, our stumbling down the stretch has taken us out of that conversation for a lot of people. And maybe that's the difference. Who knows? I mean, this tournament is so crazy that maybe it's the team – stumbling in that with with the with the expectations aren't aren't as high um that they decide to make a run now um i love rick barnes i mean i i I want it for him really badly um but it's it's the it's the black mark on what 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 i think is a really terrific job that he's done overall at tennessee but i would love to see him make make at least one deep run i know he's not going to be our coach for that much longer he's 68 i think now um so i would love to see just one one run to just, kind of maybe shut up some of the haters but uh, i mean i do think it's it's worth talking about and, sure. and it's it's not something to just you know look past as like oh you're just being a hater like no we have we've had some really 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 good teams that have lost to teams we shouldn't have lost to so hey What's up? It's Big Papa. Hey, reason for the hard cut right there. Bobby Hoops and I realized after the Zoom basic call hung up on us in mid-sentence that we wanted to wait until episode eight to do a little basketball one-on-one. Just because we mentioned in this episode and in episodes in the past, we've had several people reach out to be like, hey, I get basketball kind of. I understand just a smidge of basketball outside of, like, I know that you're trying to get the ball in the hoop as many times as possible, but do you care to, like, tell me? I'm not a basketball enthusiast, but I care enough 
because I listen to the show, you're my friend, you run it, whatever your connection is. I just want to know more. So we were going to do that this episode, but because we got cut off, just going to wait until episode eight. So we will start off episode eight discussing what does basketball in 2023 look like in the college game? Why has it moved from what it used to be a decade ago to what it is now, what we would say is positionless basketball? What are you looking for in a point guard, shooting guard, a center, all sorts of stuff. So we're going to break that down because we love you and we know that you love us. So episode eight, be on the lookout. Until then, Big Papa and on behalf of Bobby Hoops, much love to you all. Peace.